Because at the end of the day, only thing government really wants from you is for you to be a consumer, to be a good consumer. And don't live too long because you get expensive the older you get. So buy a hell of a lot of stuff, finance it if possible, get a house, spend your life trying to pay that house off, but don't pay, pay it off. Pay your student loans off. Pay your, yeah, pay, yeah, right. Pay, pay you your just get your off. monthly payments, buy a lot of stuff, use a lot of stuff, and then let the, let the medical establishment and the retirement home take everything you have, and then, you know, don't live too long and die, and we'll take it all, and then we'll recycle it to the next one coming up and get him on the payment plan. You That's know, why they don't teach you about money. Nope. They don't teach you anything about finance when it comes to high, elementary, middle, high school. They don't teach you shit about yeah. money. They don't want you to be rich they don't. It isn't, it, they don't care if you're rich. They just don't want you to be independent. Right. They don't want you to be independent. Right. If you're rich and you consume a lot and you circulate a lot of money, and at the end of the day you don't transfer any of that wealth to your next generation that's where they don't like that yeah as long as you circulate a lot of money they're good with it all of the food we eat and much of the clothing we wear comes from plants and animals that are raised on farms farms are different in type in size and even in name Welcome to Barn Talk, random and ridiculous edition. So we've been working on outlines for guests that we've got coming up, and I was uploading a bunch of footage, and I realized that, you know, a lot of the subjects that we've been touching on lately are what I would say are fairly serious, or at least fairly... Deep. They're deep. Fairly serious for us, and I don't know if it's the gloomy weather or... The crappy group of pigs that I've got going right now, um, but I've got the winter doldrums. I I think back to if you're a if you're a kid of the '80s and you were lucky enough to grow up on a farm and you had a John Deere liquefier or a three wheeler or a dirt bike, but three wheelers work better in the winter. Uh, dirt bikes not so much, but you know I was lucky that I had a few. ATCs and uh, winter was fun. I don't seem to have any fun this winter. It's it just seems like work. So today we're going to have kind of a hybrid. Uh, we're going to have a hybrid format. So we're going to do a Q and A, but uh, some of it is questions that we've got, and some of it is questions that I wish people would ask us. And uh, it might be wonderful. It might be horrible. But uh, it should be entertaining. Should be Not- fun. It'll make winter fun. Right. That's our goal. That's our goal. So it's a little warmer today. The snow is melting, but I think we're supposed to get more Friday. And pancake supper tonight. Yep. So the house. local fire department is having a pancake supper, which you can't miss that. That's like that's like small town. America at its best. It is, 100%. Pork so, producers providing the sausage, which is fire. fire. That sausage is damn good yeah uh one more thing before we get this thing started i just wanted to say uh leave us a review if you get any value from this guys share it out with your friends family co-workers whoever if you get any value at all pay the fee uh that's kind of the ticket to admission to watching or listening to the show is just share it out so um we also have merch barn talk merch i'm wearing it right now uh black sweatshirt we also got a white sweatshirt it's available i'll have the link in the description of the youtube video I'll also have it in the link 
uh, in the show notes as well if you're listening. And you can go cop some merch if you want. Apparently, yeah. I'm still in purgatory because I don't have any merch. I'm you got still- a shirt. You got a shirt, but we're, we're still waiting on a sweatshirt. We're still waiting yeah. on the samples. And I haven't really done a promotion yet because I've just been making sure I get the samples right. We've had a few designs that didn't turn out the way I wanted them to and just figuring out the sizes and all this other stuff. So we're going to do a promotion on Instagram and stuff. Sawyer's looking for artistic perfection. I am kind of a perfectionist, so I want it to be good if I'm going to start out with you guys. But I know for sure Barn Talk is, it's, it's killing it. So it's, it's the best stuff yet. You want a market update? Yeah. You gotta go. go, Give ahead, go ahead, get a market update. So, uh, the market update, uh, fresh off the website of Cat's Grain, Washington, Iowa. Shout out to Cat's Grain. Market, it really hasn't changed. I was I accidentally uh, cut and pasted the outline from last week when I was making the outline for this week. Work smarter, not harder, you know? Um, why make a spreadsheet when you can just steal somebody else's spreadsheet and, and make it your own? You know, that's how I get, that's that how I get Sawyer's, stuff done. That was Sawyer's motto in school. Yep, that's right. There's always got to be somebody to get it right the first time, but then if you can just copy it, copy and paste, it's a wonderful thing. It was easier for you back in the day, but not for us because they had all these different kinds of softwares that pretty much lined your paper up with anyone else's, so you couldn't... Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, they'd know right away if you copied directly from somebody, so you had to reword the whole thing. It's a good thing that I made it through the educational system before all that because I feel like it would be it would be really difficult for me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, so what I was going to say is prices really haven't changed that much. Uh, they, we kind of went up and we came back down and there is a report coming out, uh, today. And so there's a little bit of pessimism. So the market's actually down. Uh, last I checked, uh, we're not at the close yet, but, um, last I checked corn's right around six bucks. And, um, Local, I didn't get a local bid. My guess is it's probably just a little below six bucks. It would be about the best cash bid you can get. Soybeans, thirteen seventy-three. Um and hogs, seventy-nine bucks, which they're actually down a little bit. And I was I was digging around and I think, you know, wean pig prices are sky high, feeder pig prices are sky high. Because everybody knows that if you can get through this mess and you get to summer, I like I said last week, I think hogs are going to be, I think hogs are going to be well over a hundred dollars by then. Because um, when you read Jim Long's um, newsletter and you talk about pretty much pork production everywhere in the world is down, and um, we're heading to a time where I think the supply is going to be very tight. And prices should be pretty good, but we got to get through this mess before we can get to that. So, cattle 137, and Bitcoin it gyrated all the way around to get back to about where it was. It's 43,000, and I think one of the interesting observations that I've had is views of Bitcoin. Some people believe that it operates completely independently of the rest of the crypto world. Well, and the rest of the the currency markets, stock market, all that. And then other people believe that it pretty much moves lockstep. And I'll tell you what, I I think, because it has acted like the stock market in, we've had a lot of down days this last week. But I think what it really runs on right now is liquidity. 
So if there is, if if it looks like there is a lot of liquidity in the market, Bitcoin moves up because there's a lot of money f- that can flow to it. But when the Fed starts talking about tapering, rising interest, raising interest rates, and cutting the money supply, Bitcoin's down. And the reason I think is because people are speculating that there's not going to be as much money out to capital to invest. So I don't know. We'll see where that gets sorted out. Tesla's back hard today, finally, back up above $1,100. And we're about two weeks away from their um, annual report. So we'll see where that goes. I'll be a deep dive for you. Oh, there'll be a deep dive. We should just have one podcast of dad just going through Tesla's annual report. Just we, in depth, just narrating it. Well, we could do a live. Catching all the laughs, all the moments of you going, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> They're going to crush it. Well, they are going to crush it. So we might have, we'll do that. We'll do the abbreviated version, That'd though. Kind of we won't go through all of it. Okay. So that's pretty much it for uh, the market report today. And I'll start. Go ahead. So my first question, if I can remember my first question Oh, yeah, this is a good lighthearted. This is a lighthearted. Uh-huh. So what is your preferred wintertime drink when you're out, when you're entertaining or you're out and about? Well, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a mixed drink guy at heart. I mean, if I go to a bar, I'll probably get a rum and diet most times because it's cheap and easy. Um, but if I'm at home, I usually just drink beer, Michelob Ultra, Bush Light, Bud Light. Honestly, I don't... I'll drink ultra over everything, but if it's there, I'll probably drink it. But if I have to drink a mixed drink, something that I absolutely love, and this might be more of a fall time drink, but Crown Apple Sprite is just amazing. It's fire. I love it. I can drink like too much, too much of it. Totally. <laughs> and it, it, it's one of those things that you can drink two of them mix. And then after that, it doesn't matter if it's mixed with anything. Cause I can just drink it straight. Cause Crown Apple just is great. It's great. I, it's my favorite flavor of Crown. I mean, I like Crown too, but Crown Apple, man, that's that's awesome. And with the Sprite, it just makes it oh, just great. It's good, but <laughs> Crown's expensive, so I don't I don't go and buy a lot of Crown Apple. Um, and I just tend to drink beer most of the times. But if I have to get a mixed drink, Crown Apple Sprite's my go-to. And bars overcharge for it, so I don't really get that unless I'm feeling real lucky and just like screw it. Once Barn Talk hits 25K, I'll drink some Crown Apple Sprite probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Not at my house because I won't keep a bottle yeah. of it because I hate it. Yeah, you like Crown, though. I like Crown, You're but Crown, Crown Apple is like, uh, it's got like a chem. It, the thing is, it's like eating a Jolly Rancher. Like mm-hmm. three hours later, you can still taste that artificial apple flavor. Well, I don't you gotta like go, that. You got to go get some drunk food. Drunk food. There you so go. You drunk like food. A, get some pizza or something. I don't know. To eat it down and get that flavor out of your mouth. Uh, what's your winter drink of choice? So Pops? I have kind of really gotten into, um, old fashions. Uh, I don't drink a lot, but I like a drink that I can step, that I can sip on. And I'll tell you, there's a, there's a place in Washington that we eat quite a bit. Dodici's in Washington. Shout out to them. They're, uh, they're a friend of the show. They got good food there, but they, they make a good old fashioned, usually make it with, uh, makers, but, um, I've kind of gotten on this kick of having it made with maple syrup instead of a sugar cube. And I'll tell you what, that's pretty hard to beat. And you get like four roses bourbon with uh, with that maple syrup. 
and you put an orange you know i'm not it's not a, it's not the the purists won't like this but i'll i'll have them put like a slice of orange in it instead of just you know rimming the glass with the peel i mean it's fine whatever but i like an orange slice with it but that's pretty good. Don't you have cherries? I can put cherries in it two. sometimes. Two. And not and they the cheap. Gotta be, they got to be premier cherries. Dad doesn't mess around with the I don't buy them cheap-ass red-dyed cherries. I like the dark black. I don't even know what they're called. They're from Italy. But, I mean, you can get uh, them about anywhere. You're bougie when it comes to his cherries. Well, you're only going to have one drink, and they're going to overcharge you for it. So you might as well get it the way you want it. Right. And There you go. The other nice thing about most whiskey drinks is only the first one really has to be perfect. After that, you can get pretty sloppy because yeah. you're not going to know the difference anyway. Right. So anyway, yeah. so that's kind of, you know, and when, when the wind's blowing and it's crappy out, I will sit in my chair and uh, read snarky comments. And, uh, and, and channel your inner John Dutton looking out on your uh, yes with a nice glass of old, a nice old fashioned in your hand. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, worst or best CEO for 2022? Yeah, I couldn't really think of a worse. I don't really know a CEO specifically that was the worst of 2021, but um, or twenty or 2022. We'll just say the future yeah. or looking past. forward. Looking forward. Um. So my my best CEO is Dana White of the UFC. I think what he did last year with the whole, well, the last two years with the whole COVID thing, he never fired any of his employees and cut their throat when times got hard. And that shows loyalty to his employees. And I bet they appreciated that a lot. And also UFC didn't give a shit. They didn't shut down. They didn't care. And they became one of the most popular sports during the um, pandemic pandemic because they were the only thing that was on. So genius, brilliant marketing move on his part. Because he didn't care. He said, we're not shutting down. And it grew the UFC fan base astronomically. Um, Hell, I even watched some UFC because it was the only thing that was on. So I give mad credit to him because he didn't piss off his employees, didn't cut anybody's throat. And he also grew his company substantially because everyone else was on the sidelines not doing shit. So I love that. And he's he's a patriot. He's all about America. He's a good guy does good by his employees. He's polarizing, but I think he's polarizing in the right way. And he has a great story of how he started with UFC. And I think he's just going to do better, keep getting better and better and better. And he's also just genius with marketing, using influencers and stuff like that. So I think he's doing a phenomenal job uh, with UFC. Second person that was kind of going to be my, it was toss up. Andy Forsella at first form. I listen to his podcast all the time, but he's a great CEO. He also has, you know, he's polarizing, but, He's on the right side of this this whole pandemic coronavirus thing, and I think people are waking up to it, and his employees appreciate him, and he's doing good on his marketing growing substantially too. Authentic. Um, yeah, he is very you, authentic. Both of them are authentic, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a major trend. We're going to get into trends, but that's yeah. a major trend uh, going up in social media and just across the world is people want realness. We're not doing this fake highlight real stuff on social media anymore where it's show everything that's perfect and pretty and awesome that doesn't really pull that doesn't capture people like it used to so um those guys do a really good job of being authentic uh i'm kind of being long on this one i just did think about a worse i'm just gonna say a whole branch a whole industry that's just shitting the bed completely uh (laughs) i know where this is going that's the worst quote-unquote ceos we'll say is just the airline airline companies airlines 
if there was an airline that came out tomorrow and said, I don't care if you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, want to wear a mask or don't want to wear a mask, you can come fly on our, our airline and we won't, we won't come at you for anything. We'll let you do your thing, let you be you and just come fly with us. You know how, how, you know how crazy that airline would jump in revenue? Yeah. Profit? Because yeah. I think there's more people out there with a sane mind that say, I either got the shot or I didn't. I don't care what anyone else did. I just want to go on about my life, go on about my business, get back to having a life again. Yeah. And they don't care to get on an airplane with someone else that may or may not be vaccinated. Well, or and may not or may or may not be masked. I don't care if you got a mask on sitting next to me. I don't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated sitting next to me. I don't care. I know I do what I want to do. I know you got what you want to do. And I think most people are in that in that box. And I think if an airline came out and said that none of that shit matters, we can go back to being normal. They would crush every other airline out there. They would absolutely decimate them. Well, I think the science is kind of on their side in the fact that on the one hand, you got the CDC that came out now and said, well, uh, these masks don't really work, especially cloth masks. Cloth masks don't, they, they don't work at all. And, you know, we, we probably shouldn't have gone down that road. And then you got the airline industry. When they testified before Congress, they said, you know, this whole mass thing doesn't make a lot of sense because the air on an airplane is filtered more times than about any other, I think, I think more than, than even like hospital uh, operating rooms. Like it, it, all the air in an airplane gets, gets filtered every 20 minutes, maybe I might be less than I might be more than that even. So it's the it's like the cleanest air that you know people are probably going to be exposed to. So those two things are kind of on their side. But you take like American, I mean they're just shit in the bed. They're they're terrible. Here's the other thing. Flying already sucks. Yeah. Going through an airport sucks. It yep. sucks for the employees. You can't tell me you've gone through any airline and the air employees there checking your bags are in a good mood. They're yeah. not. So there are, and then add this on top of what they got to watch and look for. Yeah. Stresses them out. Stresses you out as the person going to fly yeah. more because you're already worried. Oh shit. Did I pack the wrong shampoo in the suitcase or whatever? Or did I bring this or bring that? So it just makes the whole experience worse. Okay. Uh, so list of possible bar talk sponsors. Uh, I think we'll just cross. <laughs> I think we'll just cross the airlines out. Well, I don't care. I don't, we don't need to go anywhere. So yeah. that's fine with me. Uh, what's your worst slash best CEO of 22? I didn't bother putting down a best because any of you that listen, probably I'm not going to bore you with telling you I, who I think probably is going to crush it in 22 and actually crush it in 21 too. So we'll just let that go. Um, but I, I have developed a special, uh, disdain for Mary Barra, who is the CEO of General Motors. This year is going to, if she ends up that she is still CEO of GM by the end of 22, I will be very impressed because she has been on the tour of, spreading complete falsehoods since the end of 21 and she they they debuted the all-electric gm pickup at the consumer electronics show and they thanks to the political uh wheel of the united states are being portrayed that they're like the leaders in the ev movement and just so you know they did they didn't produce like hardly any 
the only EV they got out there is the Chevy Bolt, and I think they produced one Chevy Hummer that they that they sold for a million dollars or some crazy amount because it's the first one off the off the track. But I think for the month of December they they delivered 23 electric vehicles is what they did. Their timelines and their bullshit about they're going to have 30 different vehicles and that they're going to be the leader. They'll be lucky if they can even stay solvent because Ford is way ahead of them. Um, and at least Ford is uh, thoughtful in what they say and their timelines and what they're trying to do and they're realists. And um, it's going to be Tesla and probably Ford. And beyond that, I won't even make a bet as to who is going to be the third biggest EV. Volkswagen? Maybe, but I don't even know if they're going to be able to pull it together. You know what? What's crazy is there's two there's two or three companies in China that are ramping production fast enough that within a few years, the third, the third most popular EV being sold in the United States might be a vehicle that's not even sold here today because they're executing so much better. Mm. Unlikely, but... I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. And along those lines, you know, Tesla this week announced that they just signed a deal with the only nickel miner in North America. So there's a, a partnership between a miner and Rio Tinto. I'm not saying that prior. Doesn't matter. They're from Brazil, but they're going to mine nickel uh, in the United States. And Tesla signed a contract basically getting that nickel and so their supply chain just got a whole lot shorter instead of hauling it out of indonesia they're going to get it here in the united states and that's for the batteries that they build themselves and if you're general motors you don't even you're still using pouch batteries which that technology is shit don't let anybody tell you anyway you know they talk about how great it is it's shit i gotta stop while i'm ahead anyway mary you will be you will go down as one of the worst ceos of 2022 that's my prediction and uh gm's gonna shit the bed gm is in big trouble don't let them tell you otherwise they don't they came they released their silverado i think but i don't think it's i don't think it's coming out till 24 or 25 25. so that was at the consumer electronics show they released it and the thing is it's it's beautiful and it has all these features you know what the problem is the price point on it's going to be over a hundred thousand dollars yeah and um the f-150 is going to be a better value than that and the F-150 is actually going to get built. And it's going to be out sooner. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's like, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get, you know, we don't need these concept cars. We need stuff that's actually going to happen. And and the thing is, they just keep getting propped up. So, you know, the government bailed them out once, and the government will bail them out again, probably, just because of the UAW. And fine, whatever, but it ain't going to save them. It's like, well, it's it's fitting that, you know, they came from Detroit because they're going to end up just like Detroit did. They end up they're going to end up bankrupt. So, that's my that's my two cents. I thought Ford was from Detroit. Well, they all they all are, but oh. Ford's going Ford's going to navigate this okay, I think. I yeah. think that the biggest problem Ford has is at some point you have the best-selling car in America, which is the F150, and you've got to convince people to keep buying that and build up it's how fast you can make that switch to selling people a gas-powered F-150 to an EV-150. Mm-hmm. And if you can balance that and you can you can ramp your production fast enough, I think they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I, it's going to hurt, but I think they'll be okay. GM, no chance. Zero chance. Their execution is terrible. Bold. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm a little passionate about you that. You are. Yeah, take a little drink. <sighs> I was getting parched. <laughs> uh, well, along with the kind of the win-lose, at the Consumer Electronics Show, John Deere. Yeah. They announced a fully autonomous, um, what was that, an 8R? I care. I didn't look at the model. I think it was an 8R. I watched the video. Uh, pulling a chisel plow, mm-hmm. and it was fully autonomous, and they said that it could do 325 acres in a 24-hour period or something like that with mm-hmm. nobody driving. Yep. And still I, has a cab on it, though. Still has a cab. So well, you can ride along. So you can, you know. And I wonder if I wonder if you can take control of it. Oh, yeah. If you want. No, guaranteed you can. I they mean, they better do that. Uh, well, so, before we get into that, let's just talk about it a little bit as far as... Like, what do you think, what do you feel about, what are your thoughts on autonomous uh, tractors? Like, what do you think about it? Do you think that people will, you think farmers will adopt it or do you think that they'll not, not adopt it? When we had Craig Rep on from Sabanto, so my, mm-hmm. the question I had was who wins in that, in that deal? Sabanto, which is a, pretty much a, a company where they're running towards smaller equipment that you can get a lower investment, but you get a lot of acres out of it and you maybe you own two or three of them versus John Deere where it's going to cost you, I don't know what that, what's that going to cost you? Half a million dollars, $600,000. I don't know what it is. So my opinion of that is if I'm a farmer and I'm speaking for me, if I'm a farmer, I'm 50 years old. And if I have the money to buy an 8R with a brand new 8R and that chisel, and I don't even chisel. I pretty much no-till. But, you know, if I got it, I, I chisel what the a, shit out of everything. I mean, you can put a planter on it. Well, no, but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to run that autonomously. <laughs> I'm a, I'm running that myself. I mean, mm. that's the whole reason. That's what I love. Well, that's I mean, let's face it. That's what we love about farming is it's something to be It's something to be kind of proud of. And I love running equipment. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the first week of harvest. You know, right. by the third week of harvest or by the last week of harvest, if you could get it done autonomous, you'd be like, hit the button and go because right. you're tired of all the stuff breaking. The nice part with it, I think, is you could run it all day and that thing's going to go at night for you. Yep, you could do that. Or whenever you want to feel like quitting yep. or if you want to go get lunch, yep, you can get out and go get lunch. Yeah, it's just whether that price tag is worth, right. if it's going to return that to you. But then the other thing, I feel like you got two competing ideas. You got that on one side, which is the idea of bigger equipment, bigger equipment, bigger stuff. And then you've got like Sabanto's model of you can take, because you can run a piece of equipment 24 hours a day and you don't need to be there, you could actually cover more acres with smaller equipment and have less money tied up in equipment. Mm-hmm. And those two well, competing... I think both are right. I mean, I think both can work. But like Craig said that his goal, his mission, is to get more first-generation farmers right. involved in agriculture, which I think is awesome. And I think that model, for for guys that are just getting started or for smaller farmers, homesteaders, stuff like that, Yep. I think Sabanto's going to crush that market. I think I they're going to absolutely crush it. And they might get to the point where... They even get into the bigger stuff. Get into the bigger stuff. Yeah. Well, just they already in, can. Right. Or get into like us. We're, I guess you'd say we we're more interested in 
the John Deere tractor, right? right? But he might be able to get more guys that are interested in that to come right. over to Sabanto and look, hey, this is more efficient. You just have little less cost. Got to get three tractors instead of one big one. But So <coughs> I, I don't know who wins out on that, and maybe it's a deal that nobody wins out on. it. I think that Case IH ain't winning. <laughs> that's what's that's who's losing not at not at that not they're, at that situation they're like gm right now where are you come on boys oh they're working on it i I'm know sure they're, they're all working, working on it they're working on it but it's it's gonna come i guess the other side of it is deer has to they have to go that route because they've got to produce expensive equipment with good margin to pay for the juggernaut that is john mm-hmm. deere Right. And so there is no money for them to be made in producing Kubota-sized tractors that are fully autonomous because that hurts their, let's face it, their bread and butter is big green iron. And so it's obvious that that's why they would go that route. And I think, like you said, it, it may not be a winner-take-all. It's right. going to be, there's room for both of them. But technology-wise, it's a good deal that, we're getting to that point because that's what we're going to need because labor labor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a hard thing because it's just like you said, we all want to, we all want to drive that big equipment, run that big equipment. But at the same time, you also got to think about, is this the best use of my time? Because I saw John D I saw the John D the video of a farmer showcasing it, him using it on his farm. And he was just saying like, yes, I absolutely love doing it. You know, I love being in the tractor, but at the same time, is this the best way to spend my time every season of every year as yep. a farmer when I could, you know, focus on marketing my grain better, getting a better marketing plan for my grain or, you know, just doing stuff for the business that you don't really get to do as much as a farmer. Farmers don't really get to do that all the time, you know, because they're so busy all the time with running the equipment and stuff. Yep. So I don't know. It's that's that's such a hard it's such a hard thing. I think people are. I think younger people are probably more likely to adopt it than older. Yep. But the thing is, old the older people have the money most yep. of the time. So, I think eventually it wins out. I mean, yeah. Oh, I think for sure that autonomous tractors and equipment will be the thing. It's I just do. the window. I don't know how long that. And takes. I don't know. I don't know if there'll be a substantial advantage to people that adopt it or not. Do you think? It well it depends on the price point. It depends on whether you have labor. It depends on how how expensive it is to maintain and how bulletproof it is. Because if you're a large farmer, oh yeah, and you're strapped, you know, you're struggling, struggling, struggling with labor. It solves that problem if it's dependable, if it is cost effective. Um, but time will tell whether whether that works or not. Because we we thought about like, okay, what if you get an autonomous tractor? And you go and you you can rent ground then, and yep. you can do it. You don't have to worry about getting guys, and you don't have to. It can get it all planted and or yep. chiseled in a decent amount of time, right? Where you used to be like stressing and worrying and worrying and worrying. So, yep. Whether your people are going to show up, whether right. you're going to keep your people, then what are you going to do with those people? the The other thing about large grain operations is, what do you do? These people you hired run equipment for you. What do you do with them the rest of the year? Because you need them for harvest, you need them for planting, and you don't need them the rest of the time. So autonomy may solve that. No, really, no loser, no winner. It's too early to tell anyway. Yep, just interesting. Yeah, Case better come out with a video, though, here soon. Um, that's that's my that's my uh, 
critique for Case IH, you better come out with an autonomous tractor or a trailer or a video or something showcasing <laughs> that you're even in the game. Yep. To, to let people know. Where's my jetpack innovation question, Dad? Where's where's our jetpacks yet? I mean, where's yeah, you don't have coming? to talk to me because I'm a I'm a child of. Why are you going to be Tony Stark? I don't know because I wasn't very old when Johnny Quest came out. Johnny Quest had a jetpack, and I'm like, damn, You're still waiting. I'm still waiting. So, what technology are you most excited for? Just future wise, broad question. Top of the list, least practical, but most amazing. Uh, piece that I think is going to come actually be I won't say perfected because I don't know if it'll ever be perfected but uh, that would be SpaceX uh, Starship that will eventually go to Mars um, so and if any of you don't aren't familiar with it they've got a uh, a rocket that will land itself so if you've seen the Falcon 9 the Falcon 9 launches satellites it launches the the capsule that goes to the International Space Station, and then that rocket comes back and actually lands on a pad or lands on a ship in the Gulf, and they reuse the rocket. The downside to the Falcon 9 is it's not a big rocket. It can't lift. It can't lift enough weight to get a... So if the goal is to go back to the moon, which that's one of NASA's goals is go back to the moon, it can't lift a big enough payload for the orbiter or the or the capsule that'll actually land on the moon. You need something bigger than that. And uh, SpaceX has been working on it for a long time, and I can't remember if it's SN13 maybe is the one that they took off and then it was able to land. It, it landed, but then it ultimately catch on fire and blew up. <laughs> but, but they got it figured. They've got the technology figured out as far as they can do it. And they're building uh, Starship 20 is built, actually. And they have built the mechanism. Um, it's called Mechzilla is what, the, is what they, the tag they use on it. But it's actually, um, I would challenge anybody that doesn't know anything about it to, to check that out on YouTube or Google it. And basically what it is, it's a reusable rocket that and it's a reusable capsule where it can take off and then when it comes back to earth it flips around and it lands on the pad on land and the the tower the launch tower actually catches it it's got these two arms that yeah, it's clamp. Cool. It's a pretty cool video. I mean, it's it's like it's, it's total insane. science fiction. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's like every. It's like the science fiction that you know. If you're my age, you grew up on, and it's that's what it is, and it, it's amazing. It is. It is amazing. If you have not seen it, go look it up. Go go watch it because it's it's a short clip. It won't take you very long, but it is pretty insane to see a rocket so, flip over and come and just land right into this catcher. Yeah, that catches it. And so the goal with that whole program is that they're going to launch that and then they're going to have a, a starship. They're going to launch a starship, which is basically just a fuel depot, and they're going to do multiple launches to fill that starship with enough fuel for it to go to the moon. But eventually, the goal is Elon, he wants to die on Mars, and they are going to uh, build enough of those rockets to have pretty much a continuous 
flow of fuel flow of fuel and supplies and they're going to go to mars and they're going to come back from mars what's his plan to colonize mars does he want to nuke the polar capsules well his 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 first his first i so the it's just mars like earth has a north and south pole or it has poles and at the poles there's a lot of water that is frozen and it's it is in ice form and the atmosphere is very thin, so they don't have um, your. They have all the ultraviolet rays, and it's fairly. You know, you have to wear a spacesuit on the on the surface of the planet because there's no atmosphere to buffer all of that radiation and all those UV rays and all that. And so his idea initially was to just nuke the poles and melt all the snow, and then that would that vapor would create a um, an atmosphere thick enough that you'd have a little bit of buffer. But um, <laughs> SpaceX doesn't own any own any nukes, <laughs> and I think he figured out that the United States government wasn't really interested in like leasing any to him. Yeah, they didn't like that idea. So I think it. I think they're looking at terraforming, which terraforming is kind of the same thing as you're you're creating atmosphere but it's a much slower process and it's a science that's not perfected and um the short-term answer is as you build a base on mars everything would be inside your greenhouses and and the atmosphere you really wouldn't spend time outside of it Mm -hmm. but anyway that technology is very interesting to me and i'm looking for hopefully in march is when they're going to launch it and they would launch it sooner but can you imagine government bureaucracy is standing in the way the faa hasn't given them a license because they haven't finished the uh environmental the environmental report hasn't been complete and uh it was supposed to be done the end of december now that they extended it extended it to march because you know the FAA; they know so much about environmental science. So, uh, waiting on them. But sometime in March, they're hoping to launch it. You're a big space guy. You like space. Yeah. Well, you know, Star Wars. I heard. A, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not this in a conspiracy or, so, or anything like this. But I saw a TikTok of a guy that was like, "So you're telling me, in the '70s, we had a live TV feed from the moon. feed from the moon." With a guy that was like, yep, we're good. We're rolling. And it, the picture came back and the audio quality all yep. came back perfect. He said, I don't know. That's that's a little sketchy. Yeah. I was like, I never heard a take like that ever before. And I was like, you know, he's kind of got a point. That's, There's a little, a, that's a little weird. That's kind of a growing conspiracy. Because I mean, like, wouldn't there be any time delay? Wouldn't there be a little oh, bit of you know, delay? Oh, I think there was. There had to have been. But there's a fair amount. Of, I mean, I don't know, but there's a lot of people. I say a lot. I don't know how many, but that's a conspiracy that's out there. And one of the one of the easiest points that I've seen people bring up is, like, if you look at the pictures that were shot, I guess when you look at them, there's a shadow. Like, you know, if I take a picture of you and the sun's over here, there's a shadow behind your back. Well... In the pictures of the of the people on the astronauts on the moon, there's no shadow. No, there's a shadow, but the sun, the sun is like in a different spot, and the shadow is in a different spot, like not lined up with the sun. 
and their their whole theory is that all of the pic, all that was was not shot at the moon Dumbest, that Dumbest it was studio. all recreated and the idea and this and the other one is that the guy that Stanley Kubrick was a director and I think he died but he made 2001 and then he made 2000 something else a space odyssey and they were some really early uh space movies but it came out the same time as the as the moon launch and people are convinced that they had Stanley Kubrick shoot build the set and shoot the astronauts because they knew some they people could. don't argue that they went to the moon but but that they argue that they didn't actually they weren't been. able to shoot it so they recreated it. Well, I can might agree with that. And then there's other people because that claim you, that they, they never would want to promote it. I mean, it's <laughs> Yeah, it was it, all about beating the Russians. Right. And it, yeah. you know, so that doesn't that wouldn't surprise me at all, but well, there's no doubt in my mind that we've gone to space and gone to the moon and stuff. Yeah. Like I don't doubt that at all. Well, and there's but a new I just mo- heard I just heard that and I was like, you know, he's got a point because we have this camera stuff, and it's it's confusing for us. And like back then in the seventies, yeah. you're telling me the audio was great, yep. the cameras were great. Yeah, I mean there were no way they were this good. Well, there's no end to what people can think up because you know there's transformers on the dark side of the moon, and then there's a new movie coming out that there's a hole in the moon, and there's a monster that lives in the moon, and you know there it's all out there. It's all out there. It's all That's out right. there. Okay, well I guess my uh, where's my jetpack innovation. Uh, technology that I'm most excited for is uh, I'm most excited for autonomous cars and I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. <laughs> you don't want you want a robot to drive you around? Well, I think if they can perfect it enough, I think it'd be awesome. Uh, my girlfriend Kat has a Tesla. She has the beta mode of autonomous driving and literally it won't let you take your hands off the wheel. You have to have your hands on the wheel, but it literally guides you around curves and roads and it's pretty sweet. I think it's awesome. And I think there'll be a huge opportunity there for people um, to make money. If autonomous cars can um, be a fully autonomous, I think people that pounce on that and uh, are smart can make a boatload of money of passive income for your car working for you. Well, uh, it's not it's not just that. It's think of the freight side of it. Think of the oh yeah, you know, just think of the the amount. So we're we're struggling with labor we're struggling so hard with labor through all these industries and autonomy may help a lot with some of those you know some of those direct you know if you've got a truck that every day goes from the warehouse to this store and every day it makes that same route autonomy would really be good for that it's Mm -hmm. not going to solve every it's not for every ish or every application but it may solve it may help a lot. Yeah, I think I think it can I think it's going to be another great way of passive income. If you're uh, if you're somebody that wants to start a taxi company or something and you had a ton of Teslas or if you had a if you started a f- uh, freight company, yep. you bought a shitload of Tesla semis. And I don't know if Tesla's going to do all that in house. They very well yep. could. But I don't think they're going to be able to do it across the whole entire United States or in every country. Yeah. Maybe in the major cities they have a freight company, Tesla Freight or Tesla yep. Taxi, but they're not or gonna, somebody, right? They may not be the only one that perfects it. So they are delivering the first fifteen Tesla semis are being delivered to PepsiCo in California this month. I yep. don't know if any of them have been delivered yet, but there's fifteen of them, and they announced that they would be delivering them by the end of January. Yep, and the chargers are there, so it's going to be really interesting to see 
how that works. How they hold up and all that. And my also my other one that I want to throw in there was vertical farming. Uh, I don't know a ton about vertical farming. I'd love to get a guest on here that's yeah. an expert at vertical farming. If you farming. know somebody that's got a vertical farm. Yeah, let us know let and us we'll know. have them on because it's something I would really want to learn about and pick somebody's brain about. Uh, but it really intrigues me. I think it's cool. I think it's a good, I think it's a great solution uh, to build some agriculture in metropolitan areas. I mean, you know, you get you build vertically, you build them in buildings and you grow some greens. Obviously, you know, you can't, you know, there's not going to be any livestock in these things, but it's going to be, you know, basil, spinach, lettuce, you know, a lot of greens and vegetables products, which I think is, it's cool. And just, if you ever, if you haven't seen any, uh, videos or anything on vertical farming, I highly recommend you go check it out because it's just, it's, it's very fascinating. I think it's, it's sweet. And I think that's one of the coolest inventions that agriculture's got going right now, honestly. And it's really hard to get into it right now. So I also wanted to add on to it. It's like, I can't wait till it gets popular and uh, more easy. The, the access to get into the business is a little bit more accessible than what it is now. Cause I don't think a lot of people know how to get into it. There's a lot of uh, the utilities on it. Like water is insane. The electricity is insane. So they got a lot of stuff. They still got to figure out. And then the profit margins on what they sell aren't great. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's got to get figured out, but I think it is the future, uh, for sure. And I'd love to yeah. know more about it. Cause if you can figure that out, it solves a few problems because one of the biggest problems with produce is logistics. Yeah. And one of the other biggest problems of produce is labor because mm-hmm. so much of our, our greens are grown in the Southwestern part of the United States and they rely on migrant labor because yep. you don't need labor all the time, so you're looking to hire people part-time. Right. And usually you've got to bring those people in on ag visas from Mexico or somewhere else. And with immigration, that's a tough deal. And then um, it's only part-time. And then you've got to truck all that, and it goes bad. So you got to, you know, you got to treat it like a lot of it. They, I don't know what they spray it with, but they spray it with stuff to, you know, or they spray wax on it or whatever to help preserve it. So if you can get, you know, vertical farming, if you can perfect it, if it can be uh, viable and you can have it in cities, you've eliminated a lot of transportation, you've eliminated, you may not have eliminated all that labor, but you've spread that labor out to where you can find it in different places. Well, I think more young people would be more inclined and excited to go into a sci-fi vertical farm rather than a hot-ass field in... Right. I don't know, Texas, you know, right. or wherever. And we don't know enough to talk intelligently about right. it, even though that's never stopped us before. <laughs> but we'd like to get somebody on here. If you know somebody that's doing it or know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that's doing it, uh, drop in the comments yeah, and we'll and track not, them down. I'm not stupid either. Like, uh, well, well, maybe a little bit, but I understand that people are starting to talk about plant-based plant-based meat. And I understand mm, that we're a hog. Tasty. And I think I understand that we're hog farmers. And I understand that our operation relies on the meat industry quite a bit. And so I'm not going to sit here and be stupid and just say, oh, that stuff's never going to happen. Oh, that stuff's never going to happen. It's something that intrigues me because it's something that I might or may not, may or may not want to get myself into just because it would hedge our bet against how the world moves. Right. And so that's why vertical farming intrigues me. I'm not going to say, oh, plant-based will never, plant-based meat will never happen. It's happening. It's happening. It's it's happening. It's just a matter of the adoption. How, the adoption rate of it 
Um, yeah, it's just a matter of if people like it or not. But right. it does worry me. I won't lie. It does worry me. And it's not something that I'm just going to look by and say, oh, I'm not going to look at that. Yeah, I mean, there's a little, there's a difference there between vertical farming where you're you're producing a, right. You're producing a you're producing the same plant that you were growing in the dirt. Yep. Versus growing a pork chop in a in a however you do it. Right. And adding whatever chemicals yeah. you need to make a compound that kind of tastes like what Mother Nature made. I'm not I'm not saying that vertical farming is how you grow plant based meat. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a good way to hedge our bet. Yeah. If everyone's moving towards plants and yeah. plant-based stuff, it's a good idea to maybe go into the plant business a little bit, like spinach, basil, lettuce, cabbage, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff that's grown in vertical farms. Because if that's the way the world's eating their food and that's the only way they want to eat their food, good way, to, good, a good way to go. So I don't know. That's my thought. I just like to share my perspective and my thoughts on things. Well, thank you as for far that. As that's very insightful. How I'm thinking about vertical farming, because most people be like, well, you're a hog farmer. Why do you care? But that's that's why I care. So, um, Dad, how many coronaviruses, coronavirus strains will we see in 22? Does I, anyone care, though? I mean, I don't think anybody cares. But I saw that the only I thought about that. I thought this question up yesterday because I saw that um, Moderna or Johnson Johnson said that they would have a an Omicron variant booster shot by mid March. And I don't think anybody's going to care because by mid-March, pretty much everybody will have had it. I mean, I don't, I've known so many people that have got this cold, this Omicron virus, and, you know, they, it's like they got a cold or whatever. Now, well, granted, I'm pretty no, sure the CDC came out and said treat the Omicron variant as a cold, common cold. Yeah, right. They came out and literally said that. So anyway, that they're gonna have they're gonna have a booster for that, so they can run you through. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like running your cows through the through the chute, you know. And we just run us through and give us another shot. And um, I don't know how many shots do you want. I mean, it's like I, yeah. I bet you there's three more. I'll bet you in 22 there's three more strains. That's my prediction. Three more strains. I was well, gonna yeah. say two. I was gonna say two. Well, because and I have we have a little different perspective because. From the hog business, we've talked about this before. Coronavirus is has been in the swine business for a long time, and many many uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers have tried to make a vaccine for swine against coronavirus, and they gave up on doing it because it mutates so much because there's all these strains and. Hogs, like people, they get a natural immunity to it, and as long as the strain's not too far off of what the prior strain was, their natural immunity works fairly well on it. But once in a while, you get one that is, you know, far enough out of the norm that they get really sick from it, and I think it's the same way with people. I mean, and and that's the other thing is, I'm pretty sure that we've had we've had coronavirus within humans for a long time. It's just that we didn't have the variants that we are getting now that are more potent. And when I say more potent, I mean, I'm sorry, but you got to remember this has got, what is it? A night? It's a 90, 99%. It's like 99 point something percent survival rate. But yeah. So it's not 99%. like a, it's not like a, you know, it's not the Spanish flu. Well, right. But, but it's about the, the scariest part of this whole last two years, three years, whatever you want to say, is that the media can skew something 
so substantially to scare the living shit out of everybody that that drastically like it is a little worrisome that they can manipulate people into being fearful of their lives oh on a, yeah. a it's literally sti- statistical that this is a 99% survival rated disease like you yeah. can the virus virus yeah whatever virus and they can blow it out of proportion and make it seem like it is the Spanish flu part two. Well, that so that reminds that worries me. That reminds me when and I should we should have thought about this. But when when I think of one of the biggest trends going, it is the trend that you have through coronavirus. You have got media, politicians, and big pharma all working together. Now that is one of the scariest trends that there can be because if you watch mainstream television which I don't really watch, every single freaking commercial is just about <laughs> is for a, some drug, you know, whether you've got dry mouth or restless feet or you've got COPD and this will it doesn't matter. There's a million and one drugs that they're pushing because most of these these news most of these media companies, no nobody younger than me is watching them. It's all people 50 years old and older, and I'll say 55 years and older. Nobody else. When was the last time you watched ABC, no. CBS? I don't watch like CNN, that? Fox, none of them. Yeah. I don't watch any of them. And you're not you're not an outlier. No. You're the majority of people your age. That's how they are. Mm-hmm. So their, their sponsorship... They don't have people. They don't have people. Uh, the UFC is not running ads on ABC, or I don't know. I can think of a better example, but it's all drug companies that are sponsoring your media. And then you've got the political class got in bed with big pharma to rush a drug out for this coronavirus. And now then, you got a freaking juggernaut because you've got all this money in pharmaceutical tied with people who are hungry for money, hungry for lifetime generational generational wealth, wealth tied with people who only get paid if they can get ratings and, and how sell you media get, slots. Yeah. And it's just a big it's a big cesspool of greed is what yeah. it is pretty much. Yep. And man, that's a scary trend. Uh it's just it's so it, the other thing that's so worrisome, and it's been like this a long time, is no, no one wants to talk to people about their health as far as how to oh. maintain your health, get exercise, take the right supplements as far as vitamins and stuff like that, diet. get enough water, have a good diet. No one wants to talk to you about that. But we're here to the, we'll give you a pill for this. There's we'll no money to that. be made in people that it are is, healthy. Right. There's not. There's, there's only money to be it made. Is, it is scary that there's no, that any, there isn't. There is no. nobody out there. There's no mainstream media. There's no politicians. There's no big pharma coming out and advocating for you to take care of your health. Right. Take care of your health by taking this. Take care of your health by taking this thing, this thing, this thing. And it's like you always say, America is the best place to be as far as our healthcare. Best place to be for you get a car accident. accident, You got emergency care. You got to have an emergency surgery on your heart, your organs. Something bad happens to you physically. They're they pretty much got you as far as you know. No place better. No place better to be. But man, when you get it under, when you get a condition and disease or you know something, 
they just, you know, here, take this, take this, take this. Doesn't take- matter about your diet. Don't it doesn't it doesn't matter about your what your nutrients are that you're getting in every day. It doesn't matter about what supplements you're taking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how Symptoms. much sugar you're taking in. It doesn't matter how much exercise you're getting in. Just stay the way you are and we'll give you this and you shouldn't do anything else. Just take this pill. We will treat the symptoms, but we will not treat the cause. Yep. We well, there's no money to be made treating the cause. You're if you're somebody and you smoke, if you're overweight, you smoke. You have a sedimentary lifestyle, you drink too much, and you make unhealthy choices as far as Doritos as a meal, whatever it is, there is no upside for them to, to fix that. But the, the upside to them is that person will be a career customer, a lifetime customer. They'll be on high blood pressure medication. They'll be on diabetic. They'll probably be on insulin. They'll probably be on something for their lungs. They'll be something for blood clots. They'll be on something for what you name it. And then they're at higher risk for everything else. The side effects of what they're getting. That yeah. I don't care. Every pill that you take, your doctor tells effect. you there's a side effect. There yeah. are a set of side effects to it. Every single one. And so what? You're you're just you're solving the crappy problems that you got here that are just kind of going to maintain it. Yep. And then you're going to get other side effects on top of it. It's just like... Life is a funny, it's just funny if you really sit and you think about it. And this is sad, but it's all money. I mean, it really is all, follow the money. Believe, yeah, I say that all the time. I can't believe the number of people that truly believe that the government has their best interests in mind. No. They do not. They do not care. And it used to not be this way. It really didn't. I don't think the founding fathers were that way. I don't think... You know, in the 1900s, all the way up to the 2000s, maybe a little bit into the 2000s, they started going crooked. Well, it just got worse. It just got worse and worse, but I don't think it was always that way, but it is definitely that way today. And I think more and more people that are young politicians that are coming into the game, they're understanding that that needs to change. So I think there is hope. The problem is young politicians are, uh, they're idealists. They ran for office because of ideas, uh, because of they felt duty to do it. And then the establishment, their goal is as quickly as they can to assimilate, assimilate those young politicians into career politicians and get them on the gravy train. Well, get them on their side so right. that they vote the right way for them. So that they, and to keep that, them in office. So their, their gravy chain, right. train can keep going. Because at the end of the day, only thing government really wants from you is for you to be a consumer, to be a good consumer. And don't live too long because you get expensive the older you get. So buy a hell of a lot of stuff, finance it if possible, get a house, Spend your life trying to pay that house off, but don't pay, pay your it student off. loans off. Pay your, yeah, pay, yeah, right. Pay, pay you your just car get off. your monthly payments. Buy a lot of stuff. Use a lot of stuff, and then let the let the medical establishment and the retirement home take everything you have, and then you know don't live too long and die, and we'll take it all, and then we'll recycle it to the next one coming up. And get him on the payment plan. You That's know why they don't teach you about money. Nope, they don't teach you anything about finance when it comes to. High- elementary, middle, high school. They don't teach you shit about yeah. money. They don't want you to be rich. They don't, it isn't, it, they don't care if you're rich. They just don't want you to be independent. Right. They don't want you to be independent. Right. If you're rich and you consume a lot and you circulate a lot of money and at the end of the day, you don't transfer any of that wealth to your next generation, 
that's where they don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you circulate a lot of money, they're good with it. Yeah, that was a long little rant, but. <sighs> this is an easy one. This I threw it in there. This is a little old time. Any of you that are listening. So which is better? Two pair of cotton flannel gloves or one pair of lined leather gloves? I've only used lined leather. I don't think I've ever used a pair of two pairs of cotton flannel. That might have been. I know Grandpa was kind of oh, on yeah. that train. Uh, well, but I've always used leather. And I like the line. Is the line leather with the cotton inside of them? Well, they're fuzz. Yeah. Some kind of fuzz. I like those. Those work great for me. They work good for me. So I think part of that goes back to... The only problem with them is, let me say this. When you do small stuff with your fingers, your fingers are fat. Yeah. With them gloves on. And you can't... When you're trying to unscrew the hopper to get it open to yeah. see what's in the bottom of the bin or whatever yeah. you got to take you got to take your glove off uh i think it comes down to uh when i was a kid that we had an unlimited supply of cotton flannel gloves because everybody gave you like a whole stack of them like, why well because like the wayne feed guy give you like oh that was six like pair a of cotton flannel gloves right. fs would give you a stack of cotton flannel i mean everybody did they so it was like a koozie yeah we day. used to have a cupboard in the garage that was just clear clear full and so one pair, and they got cheaper. You know, it's like everything. As they went, the giveaways got cheaper. They weren't as they weren't as well. They weren't as thick as they were when they started. They as cotton. That's why you had to go to two pairs. So you take you take a yellow pair, and then they had these blue or these bluish green ones, and then you put the bluish green ones over the yellow ones, and those were some. Now then, you can't even get a decent pair of cotton flannel gloves. I don't think probably because the cost of making them is higher than what they can sell them at. So they're just getting getting rid of them. But the other day, I was thinking about that. I was like... What happened? I don't know. Where'd they go? Because I'd probably try... You're it. on the leather trade now. Yeah, I am. You're a big leather guy. Well, my goal is to send Sawyer outside so that I don't have to worry about my hands getting cold. But yeah. it doesn't It doesn't work all doesn't that well. doesn't always work out that well. Huh? Not so much. What is the biggest trend that no one's talking about? Well, I think... I think... You already hit on I, one. I hit on that. I wasn't planning on talking about that as far as the the collusion between political and medical and all that but um i saw a story the other day somebody was complaining about i think it was downtown minneapolis how bad a shape it's in since you know they had the riots and they had they had what happens when you get rid of your police force or well right much ridicule anyone that wants to join the police force and they were talking about how there's so much delinquent property tax and you know downtown there's nothing going on there that um, it's just, it's kind of a ghost town. And I think that trend, I think that's one of the trends that nobody's like, I wouldn't say that they're not talking about it, but it's not reported accurately because I think you're just going to see more of that because one thing that this pandemic has done is it's made so many people realize that they don't have to have an, on the corporate side, they've realized they don't have to have an office building near as big as they used to because they don't need near as many people coming in. They can work from home. But then on the other side of it is there's so many people that did. And and the easy, one of the easy ones is, you know, editing like video editing, audio editing. Um, and then employees too, like you don't have to live in the same city that that employer is. If you can work from home. Right. I know a good buddy, Boone, shout out to Boone. he, works for a company that's in a different country and he works all from home. Yeah. And he gets to just live in Iowa. Yep. When and live he loves duck hunting. He loves outside, loves nature, and he lives in Iowa and he doesn't have to go to an office every single day. Yeah. And that's that's huge. That's becoming a huge thing. Well and that falls into a lot of these people that work they might have worked for a company 
And then they realize through the pandemic that they can do what they're doing for them, for anybody. Right. And they started freelancing. Freelancing. Or I think people are just starting to see that they can work for themselves a lot more. It's a lot easier than it used to be. And then there's a certain amount of people that just said, uh, screw this. I'm not putting up with this bullshit. And I'm just staying home or I'm retiring. There's a hell of a lot of people, you know, that were kind of on the edge of they were about to the age that they could retire and this they set them over the edge. You're like, they, I ain't putting yeah. up with this. They said the hell with it. And yeah. they got out of the, well, out let's of be the, honest. The inner city, I mean, it just sucks. Cities suck. They just suck. <laughs> There's stuff to do, but gosh, do you really want to be that? Do you want that many people around they're, you all the time? They're great, Sawyer. They're I great. Would, I'm all about going and visiting Nash, Nashville, Dallas, Kansas city, you know, all these cities. I'm, I'm all about it. Go visit. But I don't want to live there. Are you I know, but I'm me? glad that there's a lot of people that want to because I don't want all of them coming well, here. Well, that's the trend, though. That's what you're saying. That's yeah. the trend. People are seeing how beautiful Montana is, how beautiful Idaho is, how beautiful God's country, Iowa, Texas, all these places are, and how less crowded it is and how less strict it is. Yeah. They're seeing that. Did you see that Amazon's moving its head, or sorry, Meta is moving their headquarters to Austin, Texas? Austin so- is pop it it is how scary is that like if you're in texas my brother lives in flower mound texas and uh one of the popular backyard barbecue uh conversations is is whether texas is going to get flipped red or flip blue sorry because of all the people that are coming there from california and it's like yeah it's great having all those people there and all those people are thankful to be out of the hell that is California or Chicago or New York. Well, I was going to just say, continue your thought after this, but like our little town, we've had a ton of people yeah. come from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we're not the only small town in America that's been seeing this movement of new people coming from bigger cities. Yep. That the cost of, of and the other thing is cost of living. You want to talk about yep. cost of living, cost of living in a small town in America, way less than a cost of living somewhere in, you know, the city. So. Right. It's a big, it's a big factor, but continue. You know, they have a saying down there that welcome to Texas. Don't bring your politics with you, you know, is what they say. And I, I saw this story, uh, two days ago and it, you know, spin is spin is something else within the media. And this was from the LA times and they were taught cause I was looking up what cities had the most population decrease is what it was and States also. And the LA Times had a story about how popu- how California's population had declined. And they said nothing about people leaving to go to other states. The story was entirely about what is the biggest reason the population is dropping in California Concer- by the LA Times. What do you think? Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Death. So deaths from coronavirus, number one. Um, pr- less, Im- less immigration. And uh, the third one was that's when you know birth rate. That's when you know it's bad when the immigrants, the illegal immigrants coming over, are going. Yeah, we're not going there. That was their three. <laughs> that was their three points in that story was that it was the coronavirus, it was lower immigration and lower birth rates. That was their answer. Not to the why. homeless people on the streets. Not the cost of living. Taxes. Not the regulation. Taxes, regulations. No, none of that. None of that stuff was not no part of it. Nope. And nothing about people leaving. It was just that the pop naturally people well not naturally because people are dying, and it's just a shithole. That's yeah. what it comes down. Well, to. I mean, it's just I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I think it'll finally get down to the point that China's going to buy them. 
<laughs> maybe. I don't know. That's a prediction. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Uh, I would also say, yeah, it's kind of like that with every... People just say, if you're coming from a blue state, don't turn the red state into a blue state because yeah. you're running away from that blue state for a reason. Yeah. So don't come with the same... Politics. Politics. Yeah. That will ruin this state as well. Yep. If you like the way that when you show up and you come to a state and you're like, wow, this is a good change... Keep it that way. The problem with the problem with socialists is this is a great. I'll butcher a little bit, but Margaret Thatcher, I think, is the one that had a great quote that she she said that socialism is great until they run out of other people's money, and that's what always happens. All these people are very idealistic, and they think this time it's going to work. It's never worked. This time it's going to work, and then you know to make it work, you need other people's money. God, and you just think people would pick up a history book. That's the problem. Know? They don't learn. We don't learn from our history. We forget and, and we get soft. And the other thing is we, we don't, we don't know how good we have it. Nope. Nope. You really could go to any other country. We have world. it too good because we spend too much time bitching about all the little stuff that we have time. We aren't worried. We don't have to go out and chop down a tree and worry about what we're going to feed our family. We're, we're soft. We're content. And so we spend our time bitching about the little stuff. Hey, I got some trends. I got some some trends that are a little bit more fun and lighthearted. Good. I'm ready. Uh, one, what's up with people wearing Carhartt that have never done anything that, that, that the brand stands for? You know, I'll give a shout out to... I will give a shout out to Carhartt, though, for absolutely just killing it because now Carhartt's mainstream. And I bet they are making more money than they've ever made in their entire life, but... Dude, Carhartt has always been a blue-collar brand, always been a farmer brand, always been about, you know, hard work, busting your balls, you know, blue-collar jobs. And now you got everybody wearing a freaking Carhartt hat that you see walking around the street in Carhartt, Carhartt coats. Not not bad. The quality, we've known for a while, the quality's phenomenal. If, you, if you've been rocking Carhartt for a while, you've probably been a, you've been a blue-collar person or been a farmer. You know, we know Carhartt's awesome. It's great. Works great. Quality's great. Keeps you warm. And it looks good. It's a simplistic brand. But man, people are wearing Carhartt and then don't even understand what it takes to wear Carhartt. They don't even know they don't even know what Carhartt stands for or what it you know, what it what it means to wear Carhartt. You know what I'm saying? It's I think it's a great meme. It is kind of a great meme. It is kind of it is kind of funny. People are starting to pick up on that. Come on, guys. What's up with everybody in Carhartt? And I'm not bashing on anyone. Wear Carhartt if you want. Great oh. marketing by them. Yeah, man. I told them. I said they're you know making a pile of money. They're probably making more money than they ever made in their entire yep. history. Yeah, because farmers wouldn't buy half the stuff that they got now because it's so overpriced. But you're- I, that's the one thing that I will say they have got a little bit pricey. I said the quality we've known for a while. Quality's phenomenal. Yep, keeps you warm. Looks good. Simplistic. But, yeah, it's kind of getting a bit ridiculous. It is. is. uh, And the other thing I want to say as a a big trend is Blackstones. Oh, yeah. Blackstones has become a huge thing. I bet money that that has been the number one seller for Christmas of 20, what do you say, 21? Christmas of 21, yeah. I know so many people that got Blackstones. I got a Blackstone. Dad got a Blackstone. My I father-in-law got, got a Blackstone. Grandpa got a Blackstone. Uh, yeah, it's it's a. And huge I love trend. it. I love it too. It's it's awesome. I do food prep with Cat, uh, my girl, and we do it every Sunday. And man, it takes way less time to food prep with a Blackstone than it used to. In the, well, in you the got kitchen. a big. Oh, I got a massive flat top that you can just cook chicken and you know whatever you want on there. Chicken fried rice, burgers, 
all kinds of stuff. I, I love it. I also got the air fryer combo exclusively at Walmart. <laughs> so that, that was pretty sweet. Have you got that perfected? Yeah. You weren't happy with it when you uh, started. Well, the problem was I didn't plug in the fan. Oh, <laughs> so you yeah. gotta have the air. You gotta have the air on for the air fryers to work. Yeah, you just had the fry. Yeah, I no just air. Had the, fry. the heat was there. It just there was no air going into it. Really wow, thanks, Mister Obvious. Yeah. I will just say, and this might be, you know, this is the, I. I'm gonna fully fess up that this is hypocritical torque because we were just talking about how uh, people don't take any responsibility for their health and. Um, I'd like to be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm better than I was. We eat, we eat a lot better than we used to. You and, guys and eat real food. We do eat real food. You don't we buy cook. frozen stuff. No, we you cook know, it it's all. It's not like when we were kids where you just shoved uh, chicken dino, nuggets because that's nuggets, all you'd eat. Dino nuggets down our throat. But. Yep. But uh, I made smash burgers uh, oh, last night on the Blackstone. Fire. And uh, <laughs> when you. <laughs> The idea of taking sticks of butter and putting them in the freezer and then grating said butter into your hamburger mixture. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, it is so good. <laughs> it is so good. Um, but when you're cooking it in the garage with the garage door cracked, you can definitely tell that there might be something in there that's different because the amount of smoke that I had to dissipate out of my garage compared to when I do stir fry... Um, Probably shouldn't make it a every every, every smash day. burger thing. Yeah, probably not. But uh, grated butter in your hamburger mixture, mm, yeah, fire. That's good. <laughs> I love smash burgers. On those things are awesome. They got that nice crust on them, like the Culver Steak and Shake kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty good. Amazing. Well, since we're on the since we're on the the food entertainment genre, um. I was thinking about this the other day. We were at our local, we have a local brewery not very far from us. And um, I'm okay with craft beer. You know, I'm old enough that I grew up on on Bush Light and Bud Light, and I drank mostly that and you Ultra. Drank Miller Light. That was your favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I always said that if I went to a kegger when I was in high school, if I went to a party and they had a keg and I woke up the next day and I felt absolutely terrible, I knew that it was Miller Light. Because man, Miller Light, Miller Light's so good out of a keg. Oh man, it's so good. But boy, it it you just feel like well, shit. Well, we went to that Cowboys day. game. Those screw off aluminum yeah. cans. Oh, they, all they sold was Miller Light. Yeah, and that was good. It was good. Damn. When I started dating uh, my wife, uh, her father in law, he was a pure Miller Light guy. A lot of people that age, Miller Light was what they drank because it was like their Bush Light. Yeah, because there was no light beer. Uh, I think Bud Light was the first light beer. So Miller Light was always marketed as the, the, the light, light beer. beer. Uh, third less calories, less fill. I can't remember how what the hell the commercial was. But I was thinking when we were up there at the brewery, if you're a if you're a, an old timer working at the Budweiser uh, distribution center. You got to just be like, what in the hell has happened? Because at the start of your career, you sold Bud, (laughs) (laughs) and then you sold Bud Light. And now it's like every week there is something new, and this craft beer... Half of this craft beer is shit. (laughs) I mean, it's terrible. And, And it's like, 
what can we throw in here? You know, uh, you know, grapefruit rinds or blueberries or tennis shoes. Yeah, or tennis lawn <laughs> lawn sweepings. I mean, it's anything. Is we need in to it. get. A, we need to make one and have it rotten beans. Rotten oh, beans or corn dust, God. bean bin dust. Well, I will say I haven't had an IPA that tastes like rotten beans, but man, oh, there's some. I you know what? There's some good. We we have a local, well, it's not really local, but it's about 25 minutes, 30 minutes away, Big Grove. Yeah. They have some great, I don't know, if, are those craft beers? Do you yeah. call those craft beers? They have some great craft beers, I think. I they got some really trashy oh, ones, there too. Oh, there are some bad ones, but it's really, you got to find what, you got to find what you like. The phenomena of a, of a local brew pub like that, like Big Grove, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love Big Grove, yeah. and in the summertime, it's so it's fun to go there. Yeah. It's great. I just, you know, I just go there and have a have a Michelob Ultra. Or a Michelob yeah. Ultra. <laughs> but anyway, I just think yeah. it's interesting how and it's kind of like everything. You my, know, my thing is if you're going to be a beer, I mean, they're not they're an alcohol company, right? Yeah. But you're mostly known for beer. Quit getting in the seltzers. You know. Yeah. I don't need a I don't need a Bud Light seltzer. They're looking for the next thing though. Yeah, I know. Constantly. And it's just stick to what you're good at. Yep. That's fine. It's it's all right. You've got good beer. Just keep it that way. That never stopped us. That's true. We're farmers. <laughs> I guess just keep innovating. Whatever, yeah, just whatever keep you want to do, Budweiser. Do we want to end on a high note or a low note? Or do you want to just say... I mean... Do we really want to? Do we, we want to bring it, people down? Make, I know there's somebody that there's a there's a person that comments and says thanks for not keeping political. Uh, well, that you're not going to want to listen to this one because it's kind of political a little bit. We got some politics in this. Well, but. but you know you could pick somebody on the other side of the aisle, but we're not going to. We could have picked. We could pick a Republican. Oh well, no. But well, we're not going to. No, we're not. There's plenty of shitty Republicans too, as yeah. far as that goes. Whatever. Okay, porous acting by porous acting by a politician. Did you mean like acting as far as? Like saying that they're gonna do something just, and not do it, or basically, I'm just, just saying like piece of political shit. grandstanding. You know, like them trying to them trying to take the moral high ground when they're just a piece of crap. Well, I'll go first. I don't like Nancy Pelosi, and I'm there's a ton of people that don't, and I think I don't like her crooked. eyebrows. She's crooked as hell. She's she has no she has no respect for at all. She doesn't care her way or the highway, pretty much. Yep. When she ripped Trump's uh, speech, I mean how. What the hell was that? And I know you might not like Trump and you think he's not a stand-up guy, whatever, but come on. That's just childish as hell. You shouldn't be even in that position if you can't even act right. She is a... And I personally believe that no politician should be able to invest in individual stocks, hell, the stock market at all, and your spouse should neither while you're in office. Because you want to talk about somebody that's crooked as far as the stock market goes... Oh well, we'll just have this company tell me some information, and then when it hits public or hits this date, I'm gonna have my husband buy in a ton of shares, and then they'll tell me when to sell it, and I'll just sell it for an absolutely insane profit. And no one's talking about that. If you wanna, if you wanna get into an excellent EFT, just follow Nancy Pelosi's. Just buy what Nancy's buying. ETF. Or, yeah, ETF. What I say? <laughs> EFT. EFT. <laughs> EMP. You want to talk about why everyone's like, why do these old, why do these old people want to stay in in politics? Yeah. Huh? I don't know because they're probably making hundreds of millions of dollars by getting fluffed by some business. Hey. You can invest well, in our company if you vote the right way for our business to succeed in the House or in the Senate. Okay, great. I'll do that. 
for you if you fluff my pockets a little bit. Okay, well, we're going that public. That doesn't happen. <sighs> Whatever. Go look at this chart. It's insane. I mean, it's it's people just don't understand that it is all about you're talking about you're talking about like the chart of what politicians net worth is when they get into office yeah. versus when they leave and they're supposed yeah. to what make what are they supposed to actually make i don't know not very much not millions of dollars it's supposed to be 100. i think i think it's hundreds it's 300 200 000 yeah less than less than anthony fauci makes so that's my that's my take i don't like her yeah and it's not just it's not just those politicians it's so many people in government i think i think he stepped down the head of the the head of the uh federal the federal reserve i think the chairman of the federal reserve stepped down because a bunch of his insider well they're not saying it's insider but basically he's stepping down so i think he's like mm, yeah probably gonna get hammered on that but he had a bunch of money invested that all came to light and um, he's leaving because they were going to charge him with conflict of interest and all that. But um, it's rampant. I mean, that's the problem. And it's not it's not just the politicians. It's the bureaucrats that have been elected to so many of these jobs. They Once they get in there, it's a career deal. And nobody's keeping them in check because so many of those, they're not elected. Once they're appointed, they don't ever have to be appointed again. So they've got it for life. Um, Term limits or no stock market investing for all you of or it. your spouse? All of it. Yeah, all of it. 100%. I mean, you need to get back to the point that the only people that went to Congress were people that could afford to go to Congress because they were business people that had been successful enough that they could afford to go there and not get paid. In the, in the beginning, people that went to the legislature to run for that office, you were basically agreeing that you weren't going to get any money whatsoever. They didn't get paid. You were doing it for the betterment of you the country. You were doing it for the betterment of the country. That's how it went. And we got away from that a long time ago, and it's just gotten considerably worse. And, I mean, that's the problem. The problem is that we're all flawed. And you look at any civilization that's been on this earth, and I guarantee you every single one of them, whether it was the Romans, whether it was the Greeks, whether it was the Egyptians. Ming Dynasty, the Egyptians, whoever, they all thought that they had it figured out. Every one of them thought they had it figured out. And they all... They all thought that the way that they were doing it was the best and that they were doing the right thing. And even though they had their problems, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? It ended up falling in a heap. And today's world, we'd all like to think that we're so much smarter than we were back then. But you know what? The, the common factor is people don't change. Men today are just as flawed. We're every bit as flawed today as we were 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago. They were more flawed because we don't have any balls. Well, the only difference today is you hear about everything, and before they were able to hide a lot more till it got really bad. Mm. But yeah, I mean, never you should never put your faith in men because it'll fail you every time, including you know yourself. We're all flawed. Yeah, but you know, I no start, one's coming for you. That's nobody's coming. No for one's you. coming to help you. So just take the responsibility and change your life the yeah. way. Do everything you can to change your circumstance if you're not happy, because guess what? Government's not going to help. I don't think I even need to give my, I don't even need to give my worst politician, because I think I just painted all of them with a brush. And I will say, I'm equal opportunity. Uh, I don't think Chuck Grashley should should still be in Congress. I think Chuck Grashley is a heck of a nice guy, and I think he's done a lot of good for the state of Iowa, but damn it, I, I don't think that he should be, I don't think he should still be in there. I mean, there's just no reason for it. And I mean, you look, there's, there's a long line. Bob Dole is the same way. There's so many people and they get in there and they just, it's not healthy for our democracy. Nope. You need to get people in there 
that are not beholden well, it was to the same, others. You said that with just seats in the Senate and the House and stuff, but it was also in Congress and everything. You know, it was also that way with the president. The idea was, yeah, you were gonna go do a job, and then you had stuff going. You were yep. successful. You got to become the president, and once you were done, you went back and did the thing that you. Yeah, always did before you became president. We're in. We've gotten so polarized politically that who wants to be president? I mean, you pretty much have to be a complete narcissist to be president. People get pissed at Trump. Well, holy cow, Trump's the perfect person to want to be president because he's a narcissist. And we're all like, oh, that's terrible. You don't think Joe Biden's a narcissist? Heck, yes, he is. And to to go through the hell that you have to endure. To become president and stay you, president, you you are you have to be you just have to be because otherwise you're there's no way mentally that you'd be able to withstand that barrage of negativity, negativity. and so you know these guys and, and I just you know I think it's hilarious that for all of the for all of the uproar over our last election when it was all said and done we ended up with an old white guy. And, um, you know, who knows what 22 is going to be, but I really don't care, but I hope we don't end up with an old white guy. I, I mean, I don't know. There's got to be some new ideas out there, and I hope we get them. And the sad part about Joe Biden is his legacy has completely took, the sh- took a shit. I mean, his legacy, he was a part of history. I don't care what side of you are on. Yeah. First black president ever to be elected. He was his vice president. Yep. It was in a historical moment in America. And now you went from that to absolutely destroy. Right. This first year of your presidency has been absolutely a, a disaster. Yeah. And you are tarnishing your legacy. Yeah. And I don't know if he knows that or not. Who knows what he's thinking? I don't know if he knows. I don't know, but it's sad to see that uh, he's absolutely destroying his legacy. Hunter appreciates it, though. Yeah. Hunter is his legacy. So his legacy is already destroyed. He's in China or Japan or something. (laughs) He's he's fine. I think we've we've covered it. I don't know if we left you in a better mood uh, than where we started. You know what? I had fun because, you know, we don't get a bash on... We, we don't get to talk about that stuff enough, and I think it's important, and I think it's good to let people know where we stand because I'd say we're a little bit of middle in the road. You know, we're, we're not all the way right. We're not all the way left. We have some beliefs on both sides, but you know what? We're just Americans, and it's nice to get a refresh. It's nice to see other people thinking the way that you're thinking. I don't think enough regular thinking Americans are speaking up because they're scared. No, that's 100%. I like to share our opinion a little bit. And here, I'll give you some hope. Um Oh, maybe I'll give you some hope or maybe you won't like what I tell you, but um, we all get caught up about, you know, media and the media is just paints, paints people in such a poor light. Joe Rogan has a bigger subscribership than CNN and MS Tucker Carlson, all of them, all of them put together. I mean, it's, he's four times bigger than the next, next competitor as far as viewership. I listened to the all in podcast yep. and there's three guys on there Four, I think. Right? Is there four? I think there's four. Uh, and it's really good. Hell, their their subscribership is bigger than MSNBC. Yep. And so we get caught up. You hear and and the thing is, all of your all of your print media, which is dying dying rapidly and can't die fast enough as far as I'm concerned. It's all about they, authenticity. They promote what gets toted on your network news and all that. All of that together 
is nothing compared. When you compare the the readership and the viewership of cable news and print media to the population of this country, it's nothing. It's tiny. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. And there are a hell of a lot more people that want to know what their common Americans thinking. Yeah. What you know, because they can relate to that. There is way more people that believe some version of what we believe. Which I'm not. You know, that's our whole thing is I don't care what you do. I really don't care what you do. I just don't want to have to pay for it. That's my only thing. And but know that you're not alone because and that's one of the biggest trends is authenticity. Authenticity is going to win it's the winning. day. It's winning. Yeah. It totally. is winning in this country. And 22 is going to be a huge year for authenticity. Don't be afraid to tell people what you really think because there's a hell of a lot of people that agree with you that are afraid to tell you what they think. And we just need to stand up for ourselves because these these people that want to bully you and keep your voice from being heard, uh, they're losing. And 22 they is going to be a big year for that. They will lose in the long run. Yep. Totally. Think for yourself. Yep. Think Have a great yourself. week. Have a great week. We're going to we're gonna get some upcoming guests on here. We're, we're working on that right now. I know it's been a while since we've had a guest on, but we're working on it. I'm going to tease you. Oh, I'm going to tease oh, you a little that's bit. That's a tease. Torque the teaser. I don't think that was my reputation. <laughs> uh, I was just happy to get somebody to talk to me, let alone worry about teasing them. Oh, but uh, we've got big. We got big things coming. Oh, we do. We, we can't do. announce it. We, we can't, can't let the cat it. out of the bag. We got a. We've got a guest next week. Big get, things for Barn Talk in twenty two, baby. Big things. Big um, things. And uh, you're going to be along for the ride. And hey, give us a review, like we said in the beginning. And share it um, out with your friends, family, coworkers. Share it out. Pay the fee, folks. Pay the fee. We really appreciate it. If you want merch, go snag it. I'll have the uh, I'll have the link in the description below or in the show notes. And you know, just thanks for listening and watching. We we appreciate every single one of you guys. We love you guys. And you know, we'll see you back here next, next week. week.